what the Gemara was trying to tell us is a story about a, uh, a heretic who was addressing um, Rabbi Hanina. Okay, so we are on the bottom of 56B. And what the Gemara says is like this, right at the bottom on page, um, on page, uh, page 56B, Nunvav on the base, two lines from the bottom. So it says, who dwells with them while they are coming. Even at the time when they are coming, Hashem's presence is still with us. I have Tzaduki in my Gemara, but it should probably say Mina, right? Because Tzaduki is not really the right word over here. It's really a heretic. Tzaduki are not considered to be a heretic in the replacement theology that he's going to make the argument of. Rabbi Hanina, he says to Rabbi Hanina, turning the page now, right now you are certainly Tame. Why? This is in Eicha, and Yirmiyo, a Navi, says about us that we have become Tame, right? So Hashem, in other words, he's trying to say Hashem has abandoned you. Amar Lei, so Rabbi Hanina says back to him, go and see what is written about them. Who dwells with them while they are Tame. Even at a time when they are Tameh, at all times Hashem is still with us. Okay, a very important point. It's very parenthetical, but it is a very cogent refutation of replacement theology. Now the Gemara says like this, it's an interesting question, and it is based on a halacha that we learn in Masech Vesvachim, which is in the Kachim part of Yafiyomi. So the halacha is like this. If you have a hekish, a hekish is when you have two different ideas expressed in close proximity to each other, we understand that you're supposed to learn out from the juxtaposition from one to the other. Now, if you want to learn out from that juxtaposition, that's one thing. But if you want to learn out from that juxtaposition and then follow that juxtaposition up with another derivation from one place to another, that's not okay when it comes to kachin, when it comes to the laws of, um, of bringing sacrifices. So the Gemara says, can you derive something from a hekish to something within a hekish? In other words, hi, the Gemara is really asking is like this. We learn out the law that how many times you sprinkle below and above by a cow, we learn it out from the law of how many times you sprinkle above and below by a goat. And yet you also want to learn out the law that the same thing happens inside as happens outside. In other words, the same order of sprinkling inside is also the same order of sprinkling outside. Well, that would be one thing learned out, and then another thing learned out from that very place, which would be against the, the law, that we don't do that. The Gemara says, This is not really a case of two different inferences, one from the next, because this is actually a case, right, where what you're learning out is actually, it says you need to sprinkle in both places. So it really, we knew about the sprinkling. The question is, how do you know how many times to sprinkle? That's not as problematic to actually learn out one from the other. And therefore, it's not a regular hekish. It's not a regular juxtaposition by itself. That works according to the one who says that when you have a juxtaposition that is really coming together with a different idea together with it, then that is not a problem and you're able to learn them both out. But according to the one who says that indeed it is still considered to be a regular juxtaposition, well, then the fact that you knew anyways you had to do sprinkling and the only thing it's coming to teach you is the number of sprinklings, that's not enough. That's still problematic. Gemara says, We are not learning out a hekish. We're learning out the entire system of that same way it happens in the interior, that it happens seven below and one above for the, for the goat. 
and so too it happens in the exterior, so too is true by the cow as well. So it's one fell swoop package that teaches everything. Or perhaps we could say is that everything on the outside is derived from everything on the inside in one fell swoop. Tana, the Gemara teaches, when he's doing the sprinkling, so he said, you don't actually sprinkle onto the actual curtain, you sprinkle towards the curtain, but it falls down on the floor before the curtain. I was in Rome and I was underneath the, you know, the, the papal, uh, you know, in the Pope in the Vatican, right? I'm underneath it and I see that there is the parochas. I got to see the curtain that was supposed to be on the Holy of Holies. And there were many drops of blood on it. From the goat and cow of the, uh, the slaughtering on Yom Kippur. The Gemara says, how do you know that? Parenthetically, the Gemara interjects, how do you know that? There are two different ways, two different karbanas that also we sprinkle their blood towards the parochas and the holy of holies. Which ones are they? The parhelm daver, which is a offering that is brought when the majority of the community made a mistake based on a judgment that was in error of judges, right? Or the goat that is offered up as a as a kapara as an atonement for idolatry. So maybe that's the blood. The blood was from there. It was not from the blood of Yom Kippur. The Gemara says, the Chaza He saw that it was done in the order in which it's supposed to be done. As we have said, at first you sprinkle one, then underneath it, then beneath it, then beneath it in a direct line, right? Double taps, right? So it was the double taps that indicated to him that it was a, the offerings from Yom Kippur. It's not Nami, and we learned in a Mishnah as well. The special offering that is brought when the community has forgotten a law based on the on the um, based on the bezdin, that the halacha is kishu maza when they do the sprinkling. They should not sprinkle it on the brech itself, but if they did, they did. It is what it is. I saw this curtain in Rome, and there were many drops of blood. from the the cow that was offered up for a mistake that was done by the congregation. And the goat that is offered by Bodhisattva. The demo de par is Seir and Shaliyam Kippur. How do you know? Maybe it's really from the goat and the cow of Yom Kippur. The Chazanu David is Shalika Sidran. He saw that they were not done in the order of the ones that were supposed to be done on Yom Kippur. Let's say the blood gets mixed up. The blood of the cow gets mixed up with the blood of the goat. What do you do with this? I think Amar is asking a new question. Sprinkle it once upwards and then seven times downwards. And it will serve for both the sprinkling of the cow and the goat. They said over what Rabbi had said in front of Yermia. says, The people from Babel, they're stupid, they're foolish. Because they live in a dark country. They say something that is dark. In other words, this makes no sense. What will end up happening is they're sprinkling the one that is supposed to go above of the goat prior to sprinkling the one that is supposed to go below of the cow. And when he has finished making the atoning for the holy place, first you have to complete the sprinkling of the blood of the cow. And then afterwards you do the sprinkling of the blood of the goat. So this is the wrong order because you're going to be doing the goat before you do the cow. First, you do one above, seven below, the shame hapar, for the sake of the cow's offering. 
And then you come back and you sprinkle one above and seven below the shame has sa'ir for the sake of the goat. This now, let's say you get them mixed up towards the end of the sprinkling. In other words, you already did the upward sprinkling with the blood of the cow. You're up to doing the, down, the upward sprinkling with the blood of the goat. Papa sitting in front of Rava, and he tries to say, I know what you should do. First, you do the seven below for the goat. Sorry, for the cow. And the seven below for the goat. Then you do the one above for the goat. Before and they're already calling us foolish. Now they're going to call us the, the foolish of the foolish. They already taught us that you can't go out of order. The legumiri, we haven't learned anything. You're doing the sprinkling below of the of the goat before you do the sprinkling above of the goat. Right? So in other words, what happened is you're supposed to do one above cow, seven below cow, one above goat, seven below goat. So now what they're doing is they're doing one above cow, then seven below for the cow, seven below for the goat, and then one above for the cow. That doesn't solve the problem. You're doing it out of order. says, Of course, you have to do the upward one first and then later the downward one. Turning the page now. The upward one is for the sake of expressing a connection to Hashem. Lower one is expressing a connection to this world. Therefore, Rava says, so you do one above for the cow, then you got the bloods mixed up. You do seven below, say this is for the cow. One above for the goat, seven below for the goat. This crisis because let's say you got the cups of blood mixed up, right? They didn't get mixed up together. You're just not sure, is this that cup or that cup, right? You should do three different sets of sprinklings, one above and seven below, right? So no matter what then, you're going to have a situation where the blood of the cow is going to be sprinkled before the blood of the goat, right? Because if the, if the first cup was the cow cup, great, then you did that one first. If the second cup was the cow cup, well, you went back and did the goat again. So you still did the cow before the goat at the end of the day. Mix us down in this arbole. Let's say part of the blood gets mixed up and mix us down in this arbole and part of the blood did not get mixed up. Shita, it is obvious that when he makes the sprinklings, he's making them from the part which is understood to not be mixed, right? Obviously, what you should do is don't take from the part of the blood that got mixed together, take from the part of the blood that didn't get mixed. Gemara now asks, how about the part of the blood that did get mixed together? Is it called shirayim, the remainders, and therefore you can sprinkle it on the side, on the, the area, the base, the foundation of the mizbeach? Or should you pour it into the ama, into the hole, like the drainage pipe? Right, because since you didn't end up sprinkling from that cup at all, maybe it's not even considered holy, and therefore you don't pour it out on the mizbeach. Even according to the one who says that when you have one cup, then you're allowed to sprinkle a shirayim. You're allowed to sprinkle the, the rest of it onto the um, onto the foundation of the mizbeach. That's only true where if you wanted to, you could have actually sprinkled any part of that cup onto the Mizbeach. Over here, you have more than one cup. Over here, the other three cups, if you wanted to sprinkle them on the Mizbeach, you wouldn't be able to sprinkle them on the Mizbeach, right? Because you're not able to sprinkle them on the Mizbeach because you already sprinkled from the other cup. And this is not the same cup. Maybe you shouldn't be able to do it at all. I would actually say the opposite. Even 
even according to the one who says that when it's one cup alone, you're not allowed to sprinkle the remainder on the Mizbeach. That's because when you chose to take part of that cup and pour it on the Mizbeach, whatever was remaining in that cup that you chose, I don't want to pour on the Mizbeach, you were saying this is not going to be poured on the Mizbeach. And that falls into a different category. Over here, the other cups, you never made a decision not to pour on the Mizbeach because you have in one cup, you pour it out one cup. The other cups are not included. The tiny, we learned in a bright Above it is written, and whatever is left over, he will pour out. And below it is written, and all of its blood it will be poured out. How do you know that in the case of a chatas, if you had accepted the blood in four different cups, and then you sprinkle from each cup, Onto it one sprinkling, right? The halacha is that when you have the chatas blood, you sprinkle each, you sprinkle it four times, right? So you hit all four corners of the mizbeach of the altar. So shakula nishbachani yisay that if you sprinkle from each cup one sprinkling on one of the corners of the mizbeach, that then you should end up pouring whatever is left onto the foundation of the mizbeach. Tamalom, the pasuk says, "Ves called dama yishbach." Anything that's remaining, you shall pour out. Yachal afilu nasan arba matanis meachas. And you might have thought to say that even if you make four sprinklings from one cup alone, right? And its blood, it shall be poured out. Only that one shall be poured out on the foundation. But every other cup will be poured out onto the, into the canal. How do you know that if you accepted the chata's blood into four cups? But only one of those cups was used for the four sprinklings on the four corners of the Mizbeach. Shakula Nishbach and the Yasite, that you pour all of them out into the Yasite, onto the base, the foundation of the Mizbech. Tamalomar, the Pasuk says, that's called Dama Yishbech, all the blood shall be poured out. So in others, Rebbe Shimon holds that indeed, even if you, only, you have four cups of blood that you accepted from a Chathas offering, and only one cup was used to sprinkle the four places, the other three cups also are poured out. That's how he understands it. So what does he do with the Pasuk that says, and its blood it shall be sprinkled, and not other blood? What does he do with that Pasuk? It's coming to exclude that if there's any blood remaining in the neck of the animal, it does not get sprinkled. If the, if the blood of the cow gets mixed up with the blood of the goat. In our Mishnah, right, we said that once you do it, you sprinkle it together. We see from here that you can mix the blood with the intention of sprinkling it on the horns of the Mizbeach, the Itmar, we learned in a, it was stated. Rabbi Yeshia, Rabbi Yenison, Rabbi Yeshia, Rabbi Yenison have a machlekes, these two tanayim. Chad Amar Ma'arvid, one of them says you mix the blood, but Chad Amar Ein Ma'arvid, one of them says you do not mix the blood. The style of the Rabbi Yeshia, who the Amar Ma'arvid, I bring you a proof that Rabbi Yeshia is the one who says that you should mix it. The Amar, because he said, even though the Pasuk does not stay together, right, which would have taught you that they need to be mixed together. It is as if it was written together. You could even say that it is right? Even though it doesn't say yachtav, it might still should be mixed together in this circumstance. Why? It is different over here because it is written achas, one. Since it's written achas, perhaps you would think that it means to say that it needs to be mixed together. Okay. 